Welcome to the Sense of Soul podcast. We are your hosts, Shannon and Mandy. Grab your coffee, open your mind, heart, and soul. It's time to awaken. Today we have Kathy Beale. She's a professional astrologer, a psychic and tarot advisor. She also has a weekly podcast called Astro Insights, where she does a weekly astro forecast. I love it. Kathy, welcome. How is your energy feeling today? I'm not on full throttle, but that's fine, because if I were on full throttle, we'd blow out the technology, so <laughs> I'm here, awesome. I'm doing fine. <laughs> well, good. Tell us, what led you here to this amazing spiritual practice that you have? Boy, uh, it has been a meandering road, and the quickest answer I have is coming back to myself. When I was really, really young, I was uh, acutely aware of things that weren't in normal reality. I absolutely have had this fascination with or just assumption with other levels of life. When I was in junior high, I got really, really interested in all kinds of things that we would now call esoteric or metaphysical. It was called a cult when I was that age. And I read books on everything imaginable. The two areas that kind of latched on and stayed, although I dabbled in all kinds of stuff, astrology and tarot. My mother gave me a deck. I came home from school one day to a deck, which was kind of startling. It was, she found some beautiful art deco deck called the Aquarian Tarot. And since I'm an Aquarian, she gave it to me because that was my first deck. And I taught myself how to read. But I also was reading through a lot of astrology. And Linda Goodman's Sun Signs hit popularity and I finagled that into a bi-weekly column in my high school newspaper in what was then known as the Bible Belt. We'll just call it conservative Dallas and I still don't quite know how that happened. And then I, I put all this stuff on uh, on hold for a while because of some spooky spooky things that happened with people not quite taking the cards seriously and I would use it as a party trick and and it wasn't until I was studying for the bar exam that all of these abilities started blowing up like a pressure cooker, started having precognitive dreams and just dove off. Like, all right, we're going back into this whole hog. And in my early 20s, I went to astrology school in Houston in the evenings. And it started working that more and more into what I was doing. And I was still trying to pass for normal. I had stopped working for a regular law firm and had my own practice. And I was a freelance writer and trying to get that going. And astrology just became more and more and more and more of it. And then other things worked into it. It became clear once it was known to me that I was not going to fit into any kind of normal working situation. I just became the queen of multiple income streams and did all kinds of different stuff. And it was based on what amuses me at the moment or where is the energy flowing. And, and I would just kind of go, in, go from this to that to this to that. I was real involved in the alternative art scene in Houston as well and acoustic folk and stuff like that. Gradually doors started slamming. I was a food writer for a really long time. That lasted the longest actually. Uh, the law stuff started drying up. Publishing changed its structure completely and more and more and more astrology was what I was doing and what I am doing and that's what I identify as now although my neighbors won't tell you I am one because I do keep a low profile where I live. It's just where it felt like I needed to go. And it all kind of fits together in a bizarre way that I couldn't have come up with at the beginning and made happen. Yeah. It seems to be the case for a lot of people. It's like they're led by maybe this spiritual energy. And then they're also fighting against 
the world's conditions of what maybe you should be and what success looks like. But then it seems like most people end up back on that spiritual journey somehow. I wouldn't even define it for me. It hasn't been defined as spiritual, although that would fit with it. Yeah. Okay. It's been more just an expression of who I really am. And there was this, there was a, a massive milestone doorway moment in my mid-20s, and I have seen this happen for a lot of people, but at different points in life, where everything around me blew up without my doing anything. It became pretty clear that, well, don't hang on to this because it doesn't exist anymore. And it was almost getting hysterical. Things just, just blew up in the span of about three months. Like, okay, like, that's okay. <laughs> Fine. And, and now that, and now that, and now that. And, oh, okay, mm -hmm. there goes the relationship too. All right, we. So oh. <laughs> it seems like when you were a lawyer, you really represented a lot of unique nonprofit groups, gay couples. You know, I was drawn to that about you because it seems like that work, you were still being a light worker and helping people that really needed it in areas that our world kind of says is bad. <laughs> oh, and I was adamant about that. I was, I was horrified. I was one of the original volunteer attorneys for the AIDS support project in Houston, which the ACLU started and it gradually got handed off to the Houston Bar Association. And I, I was stunned that there were so few people doing it, the stigma. I mean, I remember the very first client I had who ended up, who died very shortly. And I thought how odd that he was, he wanted his specific car to go to someone and he had worked out his typewriter and stuff. And I was like, you're like 32 years old. What is the deal here? Well, I soon learned, oh no, here comes more. I actually had, and I had very, very dear friends in the middle of it too. And, and this caused a lot of, this did cause grief in my family. My mother was not happy that I was doing this work. Because she, she thought I was going to die from it. Uh, I wasn't the slightest bit scared uh, in that regard. Once I started uh, doing the uh, papering things for gay couples, uh, I, was a, I was a massive advocate. I had stuff in the weekly newspaper, huge articles and things I was witnessing. And I represented the gay men's chorus uh, for a while, the gay women's chorus. People thought I was gay, like, oh, whatever. Okay. I don't miss those days. I, I do no. not miss those days at all. It just, it says a lot about who you are, you know, that you're very open-minded, that you love all people. I mean, and when I read that, I felt like I knew a little bit about you. I've always been just out, just outside the norm. And so I resonate with people who are outside the norm for whatever their reason is. Over the past week, I've been reading that book, Stamped, from the beginning. It goes through pretty much the history of racism into Black Lives Matters. And in the book, it talks about, I want to say it was during the Reconstruction time, they were like really classifying people, what they quote unquote would call mulatto or mixed races, were almost one in the same if you were homosexual. Yeah. Mm. They weren't accepted on either side. So I know with the mixed races, in my family anyways, in my ancestry, I discovered that they had to choose a side. And a lot of them chose to pass as white. But this was something that was even back in the late 1800s. That I don't know about. I do know that there was an alignment between abolitionists and suffragettes who, and spiritualists. A lot of female spiritualists in the late 1800s were active in the as for both abolition and um, suffrage. Yeah, I had figured out that one of my ancestors is Marie Laveau. Growing <laughs> up, <laughs> growing up, she's the boogeyman. <laughs> you know, there's even <laughs> songs about her. And really, she was nothing more than a healer.
Yeah. A powerful woman. You know, that's it right there. It can, powerful women are real scary. <laughs> she could yeah. have been white and powerful and still been trouble. So the fact that yeah. she was not white and powerful. True. Yeah. I mean, there was stories of the Queen of France even consulted her. And the more that she kind of adopted some of the traditions of Catholicism, the more people were coming for healing, this and that. And the main reason why they thought that she was witchy is because she didn't die of some of the epidemics that were killing everybody. And they just thought, she's weird. Kathy, because you were like that when you were younger and stepping out of the box, do you think people thought you were weird? I know people thought I was weird. <laughs> yeah. Right? I, I know it for a fact. And I was actually pretty... I was cautious, and this is actually this has been a big block I've had to deal with a lot. But I was very careful of who knew what I really was. Only a few of my law clients knew about the metaphysical side. All of my reading clients knew I was also a lawyer. And one of my law clients phoned me one day because he was really, really unhappy with our state legislator. And then he said he sat up in the middle of the night with my name, like, "Okay, we'll run you for the legislature." And I saw this headline, tarot reading attorney, and I could see my front lawn <laughs> on fire. And I said, no, no, thank you. <laughs> well, you remind me of like a superhero where you have your daytime job and then all of a sudden you're like, <laughs> you know. <laughs> well, then the really funny thing is that particular person who is still, a cl I just do still have a few law clients, not many. Um, and so I've known this person for decades and he recently well, let me know that part of why he continues to use me, I just figure is because I have low overhead and it would cost him less than most of his attorneys. He said he had always come to me for the other type of guidance that imbued my legal guidance. I went, well, that's interesting. The younger generation is very open. The amount of children that come into her home and my home to get their cards read to talk about their gifts that they've been told are actually bad things. It's where Shanna and I really want to touch because these kids think they're weird. They think that they're different and they're told that their gifts are wrong and that they're you know, ADHD or that it's anxiety or diagnosing something. What would your advice be to these kids? It's a hard one because when you're young, you defer to the authority of the adults in your life. But the best guideline came to me from a really dear friend of mine who's no longer with us, who was a transpersonal therapist. He said, what you think of me is none of my business. Mm -hmm. I think that the current generation has a much bigger shot at it than my friends and I certainly did, because now it's kind of like, it's cool and trendy to be just a little bit witchy. And then people are so much more open about it. You know, you can read all kinds of online publications that have young astrologers with witchy animations all over what they're doing. There are a lot more people. Do you think it's a trend though, or do you think we're awakening? There, there is a big perspective shift going on across all generations now. So anything any of us older people, oh God, I can't believe I used that phrase, can uh -huh. do to, uh, <laughs> to make it okay. There's some younger people in my life for whom I have always been the safe and special place. And you can be that. You can be that for, for kids, you know. I'm the person that always gives kids their first tarot deck and then sits there with them and helps them learn how to tell a story with it. And, and one, one child that I did that for, I gave her a deck for her first birthday. When her parents decided to take her to the Renaissance Festival for the first time, they decided that the perfect person to go 
Yes. Uh -huh. So I got to take her. Um, and, you know, Renfests actually have been popularizing this, this uh, magical alternate view of reality for decades now. So, you know, unless you're in a really strict fundamentalist community, I think kids and teens have a much bigger shot and they can certainly find supportive communities much more easily than some of us could. I recall a guy that actually was on good terms to walking by me in the cafeteria my junior year when he overheard me talking about something some girlfriends of mine had done and just said, thou shalt not suffer a witch to live and walked on by and I went, oh my God, you'd, you'd burn us. You would burn us. <laughs> yeah. I had that realization about a bunch of people oh. like you. You would set fire to me. Oh, oh boy. Yeah. <laughs> What's a witch? Witch is a wise woman. There you go. A lot of kids are getting together and doing some things and opening themselves through tarot and sitting together. There's a lot of trendy stuff going on TikTok where they get together and, you know, they do these rituals and they're trying to do a lot of deep meditations, astral travel. I just wonder, you know, what they're opening themselves up to. And do you believe that you have to be careful with these energies and sometimes it can open you up to evil? Well, it can open you up to stuff that might not have your best interests in mind. And also it can open you up to beings that operate by rules that we don't even understand. Like people are really enchanted with the fairy world. Fairies are not sweet. <laughs> They're not sweet. They're, they have their own feral little, uh, okay, they have their own rules, you know? Uh, and this sounds insane that I'm saying this, but I do believe it's, it's smart to always have some kind of sense of protection. I, I remember even with something like a Ouija board, because I used to play with that an awful lot. Those were highly trendy when I was in junior high and in high school, and you just never quite knew, I, you know, maybe people were manipulating it, but some stuff would occasionally come through that was really, really freaky, and I had one call me a bitch. They're like, three times in my life I've been called a bitch, and once was by a Ouija board. Oh, that's crazy. So, when you talk about these other beings, like maybe are you talking like different galaxies as well? I just know that there are energy forms out there that are different than humans. Right different consciousness from humans. Animals, wild animals have a different consciousness than humans. You know, if you start projecting your way of viewing reality on it, there you go. sometimes it works. Sometimes you could just open yourself up to uh, something pretty stupid. I just look at it like, don't assume that your ground rules are everybody else's ground rules. True. So how do you trust yourself? It'll also tie into why there are some benefits to life being slow and the pause button having gone down in the world. The more you get to know your own energy, the more you know when you're getting a nudge that is consistent with you and when you're picking up somebody else's anxiety or if it's, an, if it's your own fear or whatever, but you can learn to discern what is driving you. And uh, if you get slow enough, for a lot of people, these impulses come through physical reaction. Everybody has had their gut tighten up under a circumstance and sometimes not have any logical reason for it. I'm increasingly finding that I can decide, okay, I'm going to take X action. And X action has, makes all the logical sense in the world. And I could sit and you would go, yeah, you should do that. And something in my stomach will be going, and I'll just, I've, I've stopped even arguing with it. Like, okay, I've got the signal. I don't need to understand why I shouldn't do this logical thing. But I now know what my signals feel like. 
For example, I live on a lake. A couple of days ago, I needed exercise. It was late in the day. I walked into the lake and I just stood there and I realized I was just standing there and I kept looking at the water like, it's not all that cold. I should swim. I should swim. I should swim. And then after a while, I realized I was going to have to force myself to swim. And I thought, doesn't make any sense. For whatever reason, my body does not want me in this water. So I'm leaving. Who knows what it meant? I don't know what it meant, but I don't even... You know, you can play mind games with yourself and question, question, question like crazy on a regular basis. If you get quiet and empty the gunk out of yourself, you, you can learn what your A, what your energy feels like, B, when it changes and whether the change is from you or something messing with you or just affecting you. And C, you can learn what your own signals are. And in this regard, I have a free talk you can download from my shop. It's free. It's called Reclaiming Your Energy will help you learn to clear out. It has, it has a clearing and emptying meditation. And I will tell you that one person in one of my classes for this, whom I've known for decades and has gained an enormous amount of weight in the years that we've known each other, at the end of this finally emptying out, sat there and said, I, I have never felt so empty in my life because this person had been soaking up stuff for years and years and years. So it is possible to do this. When you get to the point of knowing what it feels like to be empty, then you can move to, okay, this is what I feel like. Something is changing what I feel like. And it becomes part of your guidance system. Kinesthetic or intuitive, not a rational way of approaching things. My rational mind gets involved only when I stop and say, you're getting a signal here. <laughs> Would you please pay attention to the signal? <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> when you are doing readings because you're psychic as well do you implement all of your knowledge into it yes and the reason is there are influences that will be playing out in somebody's chart and there is like a wide variety of things that could happen there's a spectrum of possibilities unless you're an indian astrologer i would hesitate to predict a specific event western astrology talks about influences, conditions, recurrences, cycles, predicting a very specific outcome? No, very, very rarely. So what will happen is I'll see things playing together, pointing okay. from multiple directions and go, okay, this is, here's the area that's being lit up and this is what it feels like. It's going to be involving. And I do this also in my predictive forecasts with weekly moon forecasts. Uh, and monthly forecasts, I just invite you to read the testimonials page on my site. Well, <laughs> Ridiculously I, accurate is one thing somebody yeah. said. And that's where my forecast. And so I will tell you that the intuitive slash psychic part has got to be playing a role because there is an extremely prominent person in my field, very, very well known, who has been making forecasts for years that are technically absolutely accurate and i have been following these forecasts for 20 years now and nothing ever happens like the forecasts say ever so bragging on myself <laughs> <laughs> as you should i would highly recommend going to listen to one of your podcasts they're very straightforward i loved that very informative it's a lot in a little amount yeah. we got double taurus energy for you kathy <laughs> Do you think that growing up being told that you've got this, this, and that, you don't have to be those things, but it does often seem that many of the characteristics do align with, with people's personalities? Well, okay, yes, and let me explain a factor here that some people aren't aware of. 
your chart is a whole lot more than your sun sign. Right. And there, there, there is a placement that talks about your, how you're wired emotionally, like what your relationship with food is and home and mommy. And there's also one that's your, your communication style, your relationship style, how you push yourself out in the world, how you handle or don't handle responsibility, these kinds of things. And all of these different, they can all be in, they can be a pile up in one sign. You can have a you can have a big cluster in something other than your sun sign, and so you would express a whole lot of that. And that's why sometimes you actually feel a little bit more like something more than what you are. I have a predominance of fire in my chart, but my sun sign is not a fire sign. It's it's Aquarius, which is the I'm going to go off and be weird and do whatever I want sign. But I, every, almost everything else in my chart is fire. So, you know, yeah. I'm loud and boisterous and funny. Well, so uh, why don't we have in the back of magazines our moon sign, which is really what is the our soul, right? Isn't that right? The moon is the emotional driver. Well, some people don't know what their moon sign is because the moon moves a lot during the day. So if you do not know when you were born, it, the moon might be verifiable in a sign or it might be in one or the other sign because it could have so it's harder to be able yeah just harder to pin down and also short attention span theater i mean you know they just want to look here's my answer and go run i will tell you it's much more useful if you know your rising sign to read both your sun sign and your rising sign when you which one's the rising sign that's the sign it's sometimes it's called the ascendant that's the sign that was on the horizon when you were born. And it's your identity, your personality, what people see when they meet you. It's your party oh. face. Depends on when you were born. So the only one that doesn't depend on when you're born is your sun sign. Most everything else is gonna be in the same sign and close to the same position throughout the day. Okay. So, and all of these different placements, the word we use for them, have a different impact based on the sign that they're in and the house that they're in. The house is the area of life that they express themselves in. Each like sun, the moon, and the planets are energies. And then the sign it's in is like the clothing that energy uses, the mode of expression it uses. And the house is the area of life where it's natural for you to start out with that. It doesn't mean things don't happen in other areas of life. And sometimes these things have geometric relationships. They're, they have linkages that mean that they're connected in some way. If something happens to one thing that ricochets over into something else. So it's very rare that it's just one thing in your chart. It usually is colored by other stuff. And that's why it gets more complex than just what's your sun sign. Do you feel like you can be pretty predictable when you meet somebody? Like, I know what that guy is. Or it's just so much deeper that it's hard to do that. I can usually, and I'm sometimes wrong, but I can, I can usually tell what the sign is that's being expressed. It isn't necessarily mm. Okay. And, and it's different. I went through one phase. When I was studying for the bar, I was looking at people and figuring out what their ascendants were because it affects your physical appearance. Uh, you know, oh. I took physical anthropology. I saw skulls on people. So, you know, just all your... Me too. Your That's what I've been going through lately. I've been doing the same thing just because I've done so much ancestry work. You can so get you really can't... judgy around, you know, some of the characteristics, though. There is an astrologer who wrote a book for teenage girls because she was so concerned about the labels, the judgmental labels that were being put on things. Amanda Owen, her, I think her book is called Lucky Stars or Thank Your Lucky Stars. It has Lucky Stars in the title. And she wrote it for teenage girls so they wouldn't, you know, have 
the stigma of it's just this because everything has strengths everything has a place in the world just different ways of doing things so let me ask you could 2020 be predicted could we have saw this in the stars in advance astrologers were saying that it was a milestone year that this was a year of putting a new form on energies uh, evolutionary and restructuring and destabilizing energies that have been building for years nobody foresaw oh some giant hand will hit the pause button and everything will go quiet. No, no one saw that. But again, astrology doesn't predict specific events, but I welcome you to listen to what I was saying at the end of last year and what pretty much every other a really reputable astrologer was talking about. We all knew something life-changing was coming, but no one knew just what it would be. Wow. I've always felt like, oh, if I have an off day or an off week, my mind goes to what's going on with the stars. Is there something going on in the sky that's causing me to be like this and this mood that comes on for no reason or this energy that I suddenly get for no reason. And that's when I kind of understood that being an empath didn't just mean here on earth. Like I was affected by what was happening in the sky. Well, I would say everybody is, and some people are more aware of it than others. Honestly, my forecasts are like weather reports and, and sometimes just knowing like, ah, okay, everyone is loaded for bear right now. Okay, uh, pick your battles. Know that people are going to take things the wrong way or everyone's confused right now. Okay, and whatever, whatever it is. Also, it seems to accentuate energies in the atmosphere. And so you're picking up two things. You're picking up the general the astrological energies and also what this is doing to people down here. So what's your uh, favorite deck of cards? Oh, that always changes at the moment. I like a really, really quirky deck called the deck of character. It is not a tarot deck. Uh, It was designed with the Sharpie pretty much overnight. Um, okay. by someone with a design background and it uh, it has people places and tools and okay. you can make up your readings you can make up a spread you can keep the pile separate and pick a person place and tool or you can put them all together and see what shows up and they're it's funny and weirdly accurate Weirdly, weirdly accurate. I know the I know the creator of this. I, I, so I use this a lot. I love that. I like. Um, you're not going to get normal answers. I like Titania's fortune telling cards, which are out of print. It's a redo of the Lenormand deck, the uh, French fortune telling cards, uh, and the images are negatives that were colorized, so they're really otherworldly and magical. Wow. And Mystic Shaman Oracle is amazing. And the Black Moon Astrology cards, which are gorgeous, gorgeous. So, and what do I use? I use the Robin Wood Tarot, which is a Celtic redefinition of the Rider Waite. So if someone was going to for a counseling session, what would that look like? Depending on what they want. Usually I just dive in and we talk about what's going on right now. Very few people as adults want to understand why, unless, unless they're in therapy and they want to know why does this, why does this issue keep coming up? 
I'll just dive in and talk about the continuum of evolution that they're on. Because I, I, and this drives some people nuts, but I don't start at today. <laughs> I start at where, how we got here. <laughs> like, here's, here's what led you to this place and here's where it's going. Because then where you're going makes more sense when you see where you're coming from. Relationship readings, yeah, I will talk about what's going on in the, the dynamics. I look at like seven different factors and how you line up with each other. For uh, arrow reading, it can be just generally, just a general spread and then diving into particular issues. Some people come with a list like, okay, what's likely to happen here? What's my best bet here? What's my best bet here? Unless I have the best American psychics call button on, in which case it's, is my ex gonna come back to me? Okay, why are you asking that if it's your ex and you're the one who broke up? Okay. Um, <laughs> You have to go real far back for that one. <laughs> well, I guess the thing is, I have found that my clients mostly want to know what they can do with stuff. Like, why is this happening? Why am I reacting this way? And what are my options? And that's the approach I want. I'm not someone who's going to give you a fatalistic, hey, this is written in stone. And so right. if someone comes to me and says, are we going to be together? Like, well, I'm not the person to tell you that. What would you say to people that, that think that tarot cards are evil and that you're opening up a gate of evil? What do you believe? Uh, they're a reflection of stuff that's going on inside of you. They're very powerful archetypes. They're fun symbols. They can tell a story. Very rarely is there something that shows up that isn't something that you on some level know because you're going for psychic confirmation, basically. Now, some people are going because they want to be told an answer that they want and they don't like what they get, but they're pieces of cardboard. <laughs> how is this? How is this? How is this devil? It's part of the world. It was created. Hmm, we're all God. And if they get into this, if this kind of thing starts over into the um, astrology world, and I guess it could slop over for, for cards as well, my best defense came from someone that I, I went to school with who became a charismatic Episcopalian. All right, these people, have, they live their faith, but they're very different than what you would so at any rate he was definitely a jesus guy okay and he said he believed that the world that god so divinely ordered the universe that we could look at something like astrology and understand what he was doing i went yes i'm hanging on to that one yeah <laughs> so one. same with cards it's like you know okay if you're a good and benevolent person why would you think that something evil could come get you through holding pieces of cardboard do you call in guides? Do you, do you believe that you act as like a faucet um, during the readings? Yes. You yeah, I'm a channel, but I'm a conduit, but I don't have anybody. I mean, it's like I'm in constant state of readiness for it. I don't have a little, okay, now we're going to start. Ritual I go through or anything. Activate. <laughs> reading. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's just ever ready. Before you ever make any big decisions in your life, or if you're thinking about something that's going to be a big change, do you always look to the charts first? Oddly. More often, I'll, I'll be out doing something, and I'll get blindsided by something and go, you know, it didn't occur to me to look. Hmm. So, no, I don't. I know some people who are hyper-focused on their own transits. I tend to not be. I just tend to live it out. Now, I do use the cards a lot to evaluate options, like, okay, what if I do this? What if I do you still have a side gig? Well, this is primarily what I do because there's a terrific amount of marketing involved with it, the online presence. Yeah, um, Patreon. That's for astrology. And it, there are a bunch of different levels. Two of the levels give you more insight into what's going on each month. Like I'll have a list of like a timetable of when certain 
aspects are going to be activated. One level has an ask me almost anything when there's one day, one evening a month where people submit questions and we talk live and I record it. And if you're not, you know, if you're not there, they can watch it later. Well, I love that you have the Astral Insights podcast because I know Mandy and I both, and you know, we get questioned all the time. What's going on with the sky? But now we know where to send them. So what's the forecast? Is it for the day? Is it for the week? Is it for the month, the cycle? How do you break that down? I have a weekly podcast. I have a, I have a forecast, an Astro Insight for the entire month which is written at my site. You can also read it on Om Times and there's an audio file there. And it's also on my YouTube channel if you wanna just listen to it. Uh, and then I have a forecast for every new moon and every full moon. So the, big, the monthly gives the big picture, like here's what's going on, here's the overview. Then every two weeks, there's a moon forecast of some sort. And then every week there's a spoken. And yeah. so there's uh, an, an Astro Insight podcast once a week that starts it from Monday to Sunday, although I usually post it on Friday before, and it tends to be seven or so minutes long. And it always has a homing thought of the week, a song of the week, and an image of the week to kind of encapsulate what's going on. And I-, I Song of the week. I love how you incorporated that. Thank you. Well, yeah, thank you. That, I mean, it's where my brain goes. I have songs for everything, so. It's so fun. Me too. <laughs> my daughter always says I'm like a musical all day long. My whole life is a musical. Everything's around some verse of some song or tune. Yeah. And isn't that horrible? Nah. <laughs> yeah, it could be worse. <laughs> Speaking of songs, I loved the fun facts about you. They're, they were so cool. The one about you singing, I'm a little teapot, what, for your fourth or fifth birthday? <laughs> I was, it's my TV debut. In fact, I'm looking at the photo of me doing it. Yep. And now it's time for Break That Shit Down. Well, could you provide a forecast for our listeners today? What's going on right now? What's going on in our universe? Last five months of 2020 are activating, challenging. If you felt stuck, you will feel the incentive to get going. A lot of people are going to be very angry, very motivated. It's possible to really move to start pushing the ground like a steam shovel may be possible to start pushing against all of the disruption and instability in your life and move more towards what you want. I would give slack, pick your battles, know that everybody is a powder keg and that people are going to be just popping off at the slightest things and that you will have impulses erupting out of you, like your life forces come back online in a way you haven't felt in a really, really long time. So since there will be a lot of unpremeditated action, it is in your best interest to spend some time remembering what's really important to you and letting go of the distractions. And we're going to keep this uh, so it's not X-rated. Pay attention to where you're focusing because there will be moments of just sudden action. And wherever you're looking is where you're probably going to leap. Noticing where your thoughts are constantly going, noticing if you're on a loop, remembering that form follows thought, you know, what you focus on is what you are encouraging into your life. There's a lot of negative stuff that you're focusing on. You're very likely going to accelerate and magnify it. So why not turn your focus more towards, okay, I can do something about this, or I'm going to do this, or at least look at what you want or what feels like it is stable. Because we do have the possibility with all this to make our own, to like stabilize the ground beneath our feet in a new way, in a more supportable way. 
and all of the rest of this year is directing us to a number of landing points from late November into late December that launch us into what the next couple of years are going to be like. Okay, so does that have anything to do with maybe the presidential election? <laughs> I mean, well, no, actually, I mean, that's affected by it, but astrologically, right. there's yeah. a lot Astro more going on than that. Okay, what does 2021 look like? Is it better? There's still some rockiness and breaking from ways of the past. The period from mid-March to the very beginning of July was like a coming attractions preview of what the world will be like from late December of this year into about February of 23 with Saturn, planet of adulting, uh, in the sign of Aquarius. Um, now, there are some positive things that occurred during the shutdown. That's when the bulk of the shutdown was. Uh, and, and they did have to do a lot with so much of life going online. New progressive forms, new progressive um, organizing occurring mm -hmm. during that. Also, that corresponded with a tremendous amount of people who are like cultural figures or institutions that are cultural institutions making their stuff available online. You have so much you can now see from major institutions mm -hmm. and different performers humanizing themselves, giving concerts out of their living rooms, whatever. So next year we have like the expansion of a new way of, different way of connecting, a different way of community, a different way of uh, organizing for progressive change that is not going away. And 2021 has a lot of energizing and implementing influences. They've been around for a couple of years, but hearkening back to the New Deal. Wow. So there's a very strong possibility of coming up with ways to put people to work, uh, different ways of dealing with the environment. Because during the time period that's being reactivated, the Securities and Exchange Commission was founded. The FCC was founded. Tennessee Valley Authority was founded. There was a civilians corps for putting people to work, doing things involving the land. There was banking reform, all kinds of stuff. So there have been moments this year that really have deserved going to bed uh, with a bottle of wine and box of chocolate and drinking and eating yourself into oblivion. But I assure you, there's a different way things are going to go. We've already got the groundwork for that. Is that wow, enough? you are a pillar of hope today. Thank well, you. I just love how you add in like your raw sense of humor. Love, I love that about you. You're unique. Thank you. It's fun and cool. If you could pick one song to, to sing, and I know this is going to be hard, one song for the end of 2020, what would it be? One song is actually my song of the week for this week, and not a lot of people know it. It's called Freedom Calling by a guy named Phil Oaks. And, and then from the Poseidon Adventure, there's got to be a morning after. <laughs> I was just thinking, don't stop believing, since, you know, I think a lot of people feel hopeless. Maybe we have something to look forward to. Accepting change. We got to, you know, change is uncomfortable, but... Let's stop believing fits, fits, fits the solar eclipse that's going to happen in the middle of December. So that's a good one. I like that one. Rage Against the Machine came to my mind. <laughs> that's a good description for what the next couple of months are going to be like. Yes. yes.
And then next year, 2021 seemed quite a bit more peaceful than Rage Against the Machine, but Marilyn Manson came to mind too. Uh, and I've really enjoyed the conversation. Thank you so much. Yeah, throw out your Facebook, your Instagram, and you do have a website. It's called empowermentunlimited.net. Right. Uh, and that's, all my forecasts are there, freely accessible, and a lot of my articles. And if you're into pop culture, I have a lot of articles. If you want to understand the astrology of Star Trek or Doctor Who, yes. Oh, my uh, gosh. And there's some celebrity nonsense in there, too. Facebook, two places. The page is Empowerment Unlimited. Uh, the group is the Astro Insight Lounge. Instagram, it's at uh, K-A-B-E-H-L. -B -E and uh, YouTube, uh, it's Professional Aquarian. That's my channel, Professional Aquarian. Very cool. Some of our listeners wanted to just get a reading by you. Are you offering Zoom online? Can they call? I, most of my readings are done using Zoom. And even okay. before all of this hit, uh, okay. my, my clients are all over the place. I'm in a, I live in a remote spot. So I've been doing readings over the phone for years, and now I just add the Zoom aspect. Awesome. Thank you. You're our new go-to for our forecast. Bring it on. Thank you. Right. Thank you. Hey, Sense of Soul listeners. Join Mandy and I and break through the glass ceiling standing in your way to having the success of your dreams. We joined our friend and colleague, Shelly Roberts, who is hosting a complimentary online summit bringing together over 20 experts, including us, to share our wisdom on clearing what is holding you back from being unstoppable. This virtual interview series will help you uncover the surprising ways to have more success at work and in life. So sign up and reserve your spot at no cost to join us. You'll discover the wisdom, tools, and strategies you need to finally take your life to the next level. This life-changing summit, Breaking Through the Glass Ceiling free video series can be found at www.breakingthroughtheglassceilingsummit.com backslash sense dash of dash soul. And we will be posting that link in the episode notes. We are all sharing amazing free gifts and resources designed to assist you on this incredible journey. We are very honored to be part of this. Yeah, so check it out. Thanks for being with us today. We hope you will come back next week. If you like what you hear, don't forget to rate, like, and subscribe. Thank you. We rise to lift you up. Thanks for listening.